We are going to discuss a whole bunch of things today. Uh, this is our weekly webinar on service dogs. Uh, we're going to talk about washing out your service dog, but we're going to start with the issue of straws. Hi, Terry. Um, I like straws. I like straws for a long time. I have sensitive teeth and it makes it a heck of a lot easier. Um, I can drink like this and I don't have to do, you know, where you don't see me. Uh, and I know they're talking about banning straws in different areas or having the straws go where they're, um, they're not just given. You have to ask for it if they happen to have it in. And I guess there's some straw shaming going on. Um, and then the disabled community is, is fighting back about it. And while I don't need it for my disability, I like them because sensitive teeth um, and convenience. Um, hi, Amber. Hi, Michelle. Uh, you know, it's something that able-bodied people have to keep in mind is just because you might not like it doesn't mean that it's not useful for somebody else. We're talking about straws since that, some of the things I've been hearing about on Facebook this week, um, straws and and banning them, and uh, you know, if you don't like it, don't use them. Um, hi, Samantha. So just greeting people as they're coming on to the Facebook Live, because what I want to talk about tonight is washing out your service dog, and of course, all the tangents that we go on. Um, Terry says, I use thermos-type bottles that have reusable straws. Um, Amber says, Lord, I have not heard that, but okay. Oh, Amber, you have not been on Facebook lately. <laughs> You've been in your groups. Um, yeah, I've been seeing it. Starbucks is going with a new type of lid, something like this, you know, um, so you can just tip and drink it. Um, hi, Michelle. Yay. And Susan's here. Good. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's convenient. I like straws. I have actually, I get them in Sam's Club. I get a giant box that lasts me forever and I never have to buy straws again. And now apparently I'm going to have to put some in my backpack and in my car just in case we're out. <laughs> Starbucks can suck it for so many reasons. I like their frozen chais. Uh, and they're not frozen chives. They're hot and they're iced and everything. But I don't drink coffee. I just like tea. Um, but, you know, that's, you, you've got to think of it too, guys. Um, you know, you might not think it's the greatest, right? Um, think of different training tools. There's a bunch of hubbaloo, hubbaloo. Uh, in the training world, in the world in general, you know, y'all know I use a prong collar on my dogs. Part of the reason is to protect their trachea so they don't go... Um, part of the reason is because I had a severe shoulder injury that put me out of commission for about a year. And I want to make sure that it doesn't go out again and have issues because I do not want to have surgeries. Um, <laughs> Michelle said she thought it was a joke because it's on Facebook. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Facebook. Yeah, right. Um, no, uh, people get weird about things. Just like the, um, I remember growing up, you know, the six pack, pop six packs, you know, the plastic. Um, circles that you know they get in the fish and like the turtles would get their heads caught in it and stuff and so you're supposed to cut them so i remember when we'd have a six pack we'd always make sure we cut them i mean we recycle more than most people we have a giant giant trash can we could probably fit a dead body or two in there um just for recycling and we take it in and um and my husband dumps it weekly and it is full weekly we have always been a big recycling family um and I don't know. I don't know what's up with people. I don't, I like this type of straw because I can throw it away after a little bit. Well, we actually put it in a recycle bin. I can recycle it after a bit. Um, I've tried the reusable type straws and they usually don't fit where I need them to go. 
because um, they're usually bigger. I have not tried a metal or a glass straw because like I use it because I got sensitive teeth and that's not going to be good for sensitive teeth. Amber says, this is the only group I'm a part of, actually, because of the service dog police. Yeah. And so if there's big things happening in the boards, I wouldn't know. Okay. <laughs> and Terry says, she didn't know they recycled dead bodies. So here's a funny one. You want to hear? We're looking at cars. This was when we were, like, first looking at cars together. So we're talking over 20 years ago. And we look at one of them. And you got to remember, 20 years ago, what the cars looked like, right? And... Uh, and I was I'm like, oh, I bet you can fit a dead body in that trunk. And the salesman jumps into the trunk and closes it. And he's like, you can. See, look, you can fit a dead body in here. Do you want to buy it? <laughs> um, just make the straws biodegradable. That helps everyone in the environment. Samantha, so at Animal Kingdom, they only use biodegradable straws. So they're cardboard. Um, and I love my, I like my frozen chai. So Animal Kingdom is the only one where you can get Joffrey's frozen chai at the Disney, at Disney World. And it's in the back at a cart right by um, the Kali River Rapids. There's a little tea cart there. It's the only place you can get frozen chai. So when you go, you have to stop there and get the frozen chai. Because you can taste the India whenever you drink it. It's really good. And they give you the cardboard straw. And when I go, I have to try to remember. And I never remember. I need to get two of them because it gets all bendy and soppy halfway through. And that's with the frozen drink. I can't imagine something like water. Um, but, you know, just make it so they're more recyclable. You know, like, I, I love to recycle. Like, I buy plastic straws so I can recycle them. I recycle the wrappers on the plastic straws. Um, you know, we have our own meat. Uh, so we don't have the cardboard, or the, not the cardboard, the, the styrofoam things. You know, like, Rich knows he, he does plastic bags at, um, at Walmart, and he'll take styrofoam to Publix. Like, he knows where to recycle everything. It's the coolest thing. Um, see, America should go with Disney, the Animal Kingdom to figure it out. Exactly. All you have to do is ask Disney. Disney knows everything. Um, so, but, you know, like I said, it, it depends on the person. It depends on the person's needs to say that, that this breed of dog or this training tool or this, this thing as silly as a plastic straw is wrong is just so ridiculous. You know, again, if you don't want them, don't use them. You don't need to use them if you don't want to use them. But it doesn't mean I don't want to use them. Um, but people just don't understand how to do that. They don't mind their own business. It's so weird. But, um, so apparently my husband's aware of the straw thing. See, Amber, it's like, it's a thing. Hi, Kathy. So, uh, washing out your service dogs. So as you know, we've had to wash out a couple service dogs. Um, I had to wash out Zoe, my little border collie, because she has hip and back issues and she couldn't do it. I had to wash out Jedi, the German shepherd, before she even started, because of her temperament issues and her snarkiness. Um, he's talking about it for college. It's a gateway to talk about the bigger problem. The straw is the bigger way to make a movement for it. Okay. Yeah, people, you know, like how about, you know, people want to make a movement for different things, you know, make a movement for service dog awareness. Right? I'll be spokesman for it. Um, but, you know, um, He's getting his master's. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Um, washing out service dogs. And I've heard this past week of a couple people who are going to have to be washing out their service dogs. And hi, Alan. And sometimes it's for the right reason. And sometimes it's just because, just because. Um, I'm proud of him too, Amber. That's awesome. Um, it, 
I don't want that to happen to you guys. Why? Is because you put money, you know, I mean, even the dog, the supplies, the training, the equipment. Um, here, Nicole had to wash Chris, her border collie mix due to sound sensitivity in public. Yeah. Um, so you have to, and, and, and sometimes you have to, I'm not saying every single dog's cut out to be a service dog, you know, not at all. But you put all the, the money in, all the time in, all the time that you're not looking for another dog, which means that by the time that you're, okay, I have a dog, oh, he's not going to make it, I wash him out, now I have to start all over again looking for another dog. And those dogs that I was looking at before are probably going to be gone, and now I have to start, because guess what, guys, puppies don't know anything, huh, and you have to teach them everything, and you forget about how much they don't know. And she get a few of them in. Like Roma's a lot easier than Gypsy because I just had Gypsy a few months ago. Like Gypsy was this age back in December. So it's it's pretty easy to just, you know, redo it all over again. Um, but it's hard. So that's why I tell you guys, you need to have us plan. You need to work. Um, we have our training planned, our lifeline, our binder. Um, you, you need to think about the future. You need to work with somebody who can let a training plan for you, who can tell you, you know, we've had a dog, um, dog who was with us, who I think it was our second training session together. Uh, we noticed he was playing and he was limping. He was hop, bunny hopping. And um, we're like, mm, you need to take him to the vet. And he had hip dysplasia, both hips and an elbow. And he was like eight months old. So like dad had to stop his training and then they had to find another dog and then they had to go with another dog. So stuff like that, it takes it out of you. Now what happens if at that point you're like, I'm physically not able to train my own service dog. You know, I need help. Um, I, I need somebody to do it for me. Then you're talking a two to five year wait list. I talked to somebody a couple days ago and that's what she said. And she was told it's a two to five year wait list um, and thousands and thousands of dollars. And that's not, that's not what I want you guys to have to go through, okay? Um, Terry says, Border Collie had cancer, so had to wash him. Jack Russell was good at first, but then didn't enjoy it, so I washed her. It happens. That's why we washed Ro. He didn't enjoy it. And, and you're right. You know, it did happen. Yeah, Border Collie had cancer. Yeah, Zoe has, I don't know. It's not even, I don't think it's hip dysplasia. It's hip and back dysplasia stuff. I don't know what it is. Um, the vet has no idea what it is. It's just, she screams, it goes out, she screams, she can't move. Um, and then, I mean, heck, even Gypsy started out who's doing great. She's not tall enough for mobility. So she's learning everything other than that mobility stuff. And Roma will know everything. So then I can trade off between the two of them based on where I'm going and what I need at the time. Um, Ellen says, speaking of washing out, I know some organizations wash like 70% of their dogs. Why do you think that happens? That is a great question, Ellen. So here's my answer for that one. There's two parts in my mind to why they have to wash out the dogs. And the first one is because they are handicapped by the equipment and the tools and the knowledge that they have and what they can use. So y'all know I use prong collars, I use e-collars, I use slip leads, I use head halters, I use flat collars. I'll use anything that the dog needs the owner can work with. Now, some organizations are like, we will never put a dog on a prong collar. We will never put a dog on a, um, an e-collar or a slip lead that it is um, a head halter or a harness, period, end of story. And that really handicaps them. You know, or you can only teach down by luring a dog into the down position. Well, I can't lure the dog into the down position. Well, you have to where the dog fails. 
And like, honestly, that happened. And it's silly. Um, another reason, so I think that's a big part of it is the, the, um, the organization and the, the instructor's limitations on their training. Then I think the other part of it is something that happened a while ago. We went to an event that had a bunch of puppy racers there. And all the dogs were up on two feet doing one of these things with their front legs, trying to say hi and jump up on everybody. They're all on harnesses. Um, they were all out of control. They were all crazy. Um, and it was crazy. And these are puppy trainers, puppy raisers. So I said to them, you know, we'll put together a group class if you guys want to, just to clicker train you all on the basics. And they're like, nope, we're doing it through this organization and we can't work with any other trainers but theirs and they won't do really anything with them until the dogs hit a year old. So now the dog's coming in after having a year of craziness, a year of being able to jump up, bark, greet, pull everywhere, everyone on leash, and they have to fix all that. And they're handicapped on the tools that they can use and they're handicapped on the methods that they can use. And it doesn't work. And so they have to fill out these dogs, which does everybody a disservice because there's not enough service dogs out there. There's not enough programs. There's not enough dogs. There's not enough breeders. There's not enough good candidates for service dogs out there for the people who need them. And so, Ellen, I think that's why, now I don't know for sure, but that, in my opinion, is going to be why um, they have to wash out so many of them. So I've, I've heard it's about 50% that they wash out from the ones that they chose to be in the program. That's not from all the dogs. That's from the ones they chose to be in the program. So the puppies who tested the best. Uh, but then again, they're also going to put some of them in as therapy dogs. Some of them might go, you know, somewhere else. And I've also heard people say things like, I don't know how you can give them up. I get that when I'm out with any of the dogs. I don't know how you can give them up. And I'm like, you know, well, first of all, the girls are mine. Second, you know, like we work with owner trainers. So whenever one leaves, we have another one coming in. And it works because I can't have all these dogs. And these dogs don't want to be one in a group of four or five dogs. They, they want to be their own dog, you know, and have their family who loves on them and who takes them everywhere and who does everything with them. So, um, you know, sometimes people have that, but it, it's great to be able to give people the, the independence that they need um, to be able to work, you know, to do the service dogs. Um, Samantha says I had to wash out a healer a few months ago. She now lives with friends of ours and I'm getting my new pup next year. I went with another German Shepherd because you love the breed so much. That's awesome, Samantha. I'm so happy. And I'm glad you made it on time this week. Uh, Michelle says she's washed one and one after that decided he didn't want to work after a year and a half. You waited almost four years before you got Oliver. Yeah, we had one in a couple years ago for boot camp, did well, and then just decided she doesn't want to do it anymore. And it, it happens. You know, um, sometimes you're taking dogs, you know, it's one thing when you're dealing with lines who like line after line after line and they make the service dog and, you know, it's service dog lines. It's another one coming from pet lines. It's another one, you know, like our numbers of washouts should be higher because, you know, for the owner trained because they're not bred and health tested and coming from service dog lines. You know, they're, they're dogs that, that, you know, you're like, I think this would be a good service dog. And you don't have professional trainers all the time telling you what dog to get and what dog not to get. Um, Chris still works at home. That's good, Nicole. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, well, Roe works at home. He's supposed to help herd cows. He didn't want to herd cows yesterday. So me and Gypsy and Roma and Zoe had to herd cows. Yeah. My poodle and my golden are going to be herders. Um, so this is Kiva started great, but not 
from a building that she got snarky. So she's turned to a great emotional support dog and grandma now be mobility. Yep. That's awesome. And that she can still have a job to do, but not the initial job. You know, it happens. Um, and Amber says, I feel like we can be too hard on ourselves as well. I must wash low pee several times because of major humps, but that's all it was were humps. I did have him on a no work period for two to three months, one year, because he just didn't want to work. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you do. Sometimes you've just got to say, guess what, we're going somewhere, and you're not. We do that whenever we did tracking. You know, we'd go out there, we'd lay the track, we'd harness the dog up, get him out of the car, put him right back in the car and unharness him and take him home. I want to do what? I want to track. Tracking's fun, and it helps him build it. It's like, you know, you get all dressed up to go someplace, and you go out to the car, and you turn around and you come right back home. You know, it's probably going to make you want it more just because you're, you know, you're dressed and you're ready to go and you can't do it. Why can't you do it? I'm going to do that more next time, you know, and, and it, it works with kids too sometimes. But, um, but no, you know, sometimes you, you just got to say, okay, you want a little break? Um, Gypsy got a, about a month break whenever she was in heat and then afterwards, uh, you know, so, so she got a little bit of a break there and she's been great coming back into it. You know, she was great beforehand. She's a little bit wondering why Roma goes with me everywhere. Um, but she goes with me too. You know, I've been taking her out to the movies with me just because we just go to the movies and I don't trust Roma sitting in a movie for two hours yet. We'll see how she does though. Uh, good. Yeah, you got off work just in time. That's awesome. Uh, have you thought about going bigger with your program yourself? Amber girl, you read my mind. So we are actually looking into that. Um, I don't know what all I want to do. Rich and I have to actually sit and discuss um, and do like a pros and cons list of what we want to do. I, you know, we're going to be breeding Gypsy and we're going to be breeding Roma. The girls are not going to be bred together because it doesn't work that way. But um, we're going to be breeding them, and I don't know if we're going to keep some of the dogs and put them into a program and have puppy raisers, if we're going to place them with owner trainers and work with them, which is what I would like to do, because I like working with the owner trainers a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't know what all we're going to do with everything. Um, we'd like to get bigger. I don't know how I do the nonprofit side of it, since it's also our for-profit business. Um, and I don't know, you know, how we'd set all of that stuff up. So, you know, I have some ideas percolating in my head. Um, we actually have a direction that we might be able to move in, which would give us a certified pro service dog program and we'd be able to certify service dogs. Um, now I know certification is not required, but I do, you know, depending on the organization, I do recommend it. Um, just because that's what everyone asks for. You know, like I had a, um, a long time ago, oh my gosh, it was like 10 years ago, not over 10 years ago, probably 12 years ago when we first moved to Gainesville, I was talking with somebody and she had a, a service dog that was her husband's service dog. Now this is Gainesville, Florida. Um, it was her husband's service dog and her husband was up in um, one of the Northern states, like maybe three states away from us. And he, um, it was his service dog, but he was up there. She was down here. And she had the dog and she brought the dog everywhere. And see, the dog had an ID card. And I'm like, well, yeah, but your husband's up there. You're down here. Like, he's not your service dog. You, you shouldn't be taking him out like this. 
And she's like, he has an ID in the group that we were talking with because it was a bunch of us just sitting around talking. They're like, well, do you have an ID for your service dog? And this is when I had been up here in Husky. I said, there, there's no legal requirements to have identification card. They're like, well, yours must be the fake service dog and hers must be the real service dog because he has ID. I'm like, first of all, ID, I can make it Office Depot. I mean, now you can make them a lot more conveniently, but I'm like, you can make an ID at Office Depot. Second, her husband, whose dog it is, lives three states away, and she's not the one with the disability. Like, are you kidding me? So I do, we do want to do something with it. We're just still kind of playing around with the idea of what it is that we want to do with it. Um, so... That's interesting, really sad about the um, program dogs. Thanks for letting me know, definitely. Um, Samantha says, I said alarm for today. I might miss next week because we'll be at Disney. But I'm hoping to remember earbuds so I can listen while at the park. Oh, Samantha, that's awesome. But no, you listen to it afterwards, girl. You know we put it up as our podcast. Um, you enjoy Disney. Disney's the best. I keep telling Rich I want to go. And tomorrow we have a whole bunch going. But I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, I'm going to try to talk him into going to Disney again. Because I really am in the mood for Magic Kingdom or for studios and checking out the new star, um, Toy Story area. Um, Astoria says, it's so difficult with owner trains and using rescue dogs or dogs not bred specifically for the work and health in mind. I'm on my fifth training dog right now. And even though I put hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars into his training, there's still a chance he'll wash out because he's a rescue. I have no idea what happened before I took him in, um, which will be detrimental in our future. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why I like going, you know, uh, there's the rescue aspect of it and there's going with the breeder dog i like going with dogs from um reputable breeders from good breeders because i want the parents to be health tested i want the mom to have good nutrition i want the puppies from as soon as they're born to get all the um neonatal good stuff that happens um you know like the sensory stuff and the you know like these are the toys to play with and this is you know the cage with the hanging down toys and i want them to have the the wormings that they need i want them to have the food and the supplements that they need i want them to have the socialization and the habituation that they need um and while you don't get the feel good of you know i saved a dog's life you get the you know i've got the best service dog yeah. out there because i went with the best breeder i could find for this and you don't always get a rescue dog as a pet dog, but um, for service dogs, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of gambling a little bit much uh, for some of them. Uh, we were looking a few years ago, we wanted to get a dog and train them up and we did. And that's the same time we got Ruth. So we're talking about four years ago, we were looking and we got a dog from the shelter and it took us I'm trying to think here about three to four months before we found him. And that's checking multiple times a day. That's having people in the shelters who are looking for us as well. And it still took three to four months to find one dog who had the potential to be a service dog. Three to four months. And that's checking out all of Alachua County, uh, Marion, uh, Putnam County, uh, you know, like about a three to four county area and multiple shelters um, in each of those areas because we were serious about it. We drove all over the place evaluating dogs. And none of them, except for that one, who we actually ended up donating to a, um, I think he was autistic kid. Uh, but it is, it is difficult. Uh, reply to Amber. That was my husband's question. He, he's eavesdropping over here on my Facebook. <laughs> um, 
Yay. Message me later, Victoria. My husband said he may have some suggestions. Oh, he's very business savvy and there's a way to go nonprofit. Amber, you know, I love you. Yeah, I'm taking down notes too. I have an index card this time. So I can take down notes and not write them in my book. Um, and Samantha says, yeah, we arrived sometime on Saturday. I love doing Disney with the service dogs. Now, it's a little bit hot. It's been 91. It was like 94 this week. Um, but, you know, go in the mornings, go in the evenings, plenty of water, cool your dog. Michelle says that's what she did with Oliver, and she's going to be happy with his temperament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Gypsy and Roma, and, like, they get along. They're playing biting face behind me. Um, they get along well. I mean, they're very social. <coughs> Sorry. That's why the cup today, my cough. Um, they, they love everybody. You know, we get some dogs that, oh my gosh. So you guys know we don't just do service dogs, right? We do pet dogs. We do behavior rehab too. So we have in a couple dogs. One of them was people snarky. One of them was dog snarky. And, uh, and it's funny because one of them we had in a muzzle. And I had a couple people who were messaging me and who were commenting like, is he a service dog in training? I'm like, no, no, no. They're, they're just pet dogs. Um, but Gypsy and Roman just go up to them like, hey, guys, what are you doing? And I'm like, girls, stop it. And they're like, but we love him. And, and like so far, they've been great with them, great with everyone, um, which is fantastic, which is what I love. Um, but, um, you know, you, you try to keep them away from that. Um, but just, it, it, again, it goes to their temperament. It goes to their breeding. Um, and I was actually looking – um, Roma's contract's better than Gypsy's contract. I like Roma's contract a whole bunch. So, you know, as we're looking, uh, you know, we're looking in the future. So I try to keep copies of contracts that I like. So if you guys have any really good breeder contracts, let me know. And um, I can add that to my list. Uh, hey, talking about washing out, the reasons for washing out. Where do you draw the line behavior-wise for washing out? Fearful behaviors, reactivity, aggression, and so on. Oh, a story. That is a fantastic question. I love it. Um aggression, any aggression, any reactivity, they're gone. Um, if it's, I get people who are like, well, he barks, but he just barks to say hello. If your dog, if your service dog barks or snaps at a kid, I don't care if it's to say hello. I don't care if he just likes to put his, your hand in his mouth and carry it around with you, which I've gotten from a few different people. Your dog laying teeth on a person cannot happen. Um, so fearful behaviors, again, I don't want fearful now. It depends on what age, too, because they have to go through fearful periods. So like Roma, the first time I had her at Walmart, her very first public outing, we didn't get past the Dunkin' Donuts in there so I can get my frozen chai. If you notice, there's a theme this week it's that I like frozen chais. But um, we were sitting in that little entryway where the carts are, and there's a bench there. So we sat there, and that's where I worked with her for most of it. Because she just she didn't want to go in and I didn't want to push her. Now she we've gone in I think three or four times since then. She's happy, she's prancy, she's waggy tail. Oh my gosh, she looks like a My Little Pony between her cut and her prance. It's the cutest thing. Um, so if I would have said, oh, she looks a little fearful, mm -mm, no. Um, now Jedi, my German Shepherd, she was snarky. She did not like other dogs approaching me, and she was a little fearful. So like she she washed out because of those reasons. Um, trying to think who else we've had in most of the time when we have to wash a dog out it's because they don't want to do it and you know you can't make them do it but you know they have other things they can do if they don't want to be a service dog maybe they'd be a great therapy dog or maybe a you know emotional support dog or maybe just a pet dog 
you know, but Jedi did great for, this is how you greet a service dog stuff. This is dog safety. Like I would have her out for kids on how to greet a dog, dog safety stuff. We did that all the time in Gainesville. Um, we would, I would take her to my son's class. He was in second grade and they had like a clubs thing. So every week for four weeks, you'd sign up to teach a club. Well, I was a stay at home mom and I did the dog training. So I'd sign up every single time and we always had kids who wanted to do the dog club. So I had to have Jedi there. I would have a bunch of brushes and combs, you know, how to, so one of the weeks would be grooming. So we talked about how to groom a dog, how to brush a dog. And so she'd have like six to eight kids with brushes and combs all grooming her at the same time. And she loved it. One of them was on training. So, you know, we do clicker training stuff with the kids and then they would clicker Jedi and give her treats. And like, she did great with that. Um, I don't remember what the other two weeks were. I remember there was uh, maybe eating. I don't know. But we had like four weeks in total um, that we would do. I remember one was grooming and one was training. Um, but we, you know, it worked. It worked out beautiful. And she loved it. Now, when I had her and a dog came up to me, she would, you know, snark at the dog because she didn't want the dog coming up to me. Usually it was an out-of-control crazy dog. Well, guess what you run into out in public? A lot of out-of-control crazy dogs. Um, so, you know, it, it, it depends. I mean, any anything that you can look at and be like, That'd definitely be a no. So, uh, but whenever we're here, like if my dog's barked to let me know somebody pulled into the driveway, I don't have a problem with that. That's not aggressive. That's like, thank you. I appreciate that because I can't see the driveway from the house. Um, but, uh, you know, you also have to think, compound it, you know, pressure point it up. What happens at Disney? What happens at the store? What happens at the farmer's market? Um, you know, if your dog doesn't like to be touched by other people, well, he's going to be touched by other people. People are going to sneak pets. Um, so, you know, I think that's a little more individual. I can't say, you know, across the line, but if there's anything, you know, that's definite, like he's aggressive, he's reactive, he's fearful, you know, like he's fear peeing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I'd work with him to build up that confidence. Um, so Samantha says, yes, that's a plan. Good thing. We live in West Texas and it's been triple digits here almost every day. And Jagger now loves his boots too. That's awesome. Good, good. Um, how do you decide? Okay, here we go. Astoria, how do you decide uh, what you can fix and have them continue being a successful service dog and what makes you decide to pull them permanently from the work? Uh, again, if there's any sort of reactivity, anything that's going to put the public in danger, uh, they're going to be pulled. They're going to be pulled immediately um permanently i mean they could be an in-home service dog so that's another thing you can do like a, um i said about the therapy emotional support just a pet dog you can also do an in-home service dog so then he doesn't have to worry about being out in public he can just help you out at home um anything that would give service dogs a bad name i i, I would pull so you know here's a good example okay i've got one hopefully arrow my malin one Whenever he works, his ears are back and he concentrates and he looks very serious about it. And people see him and they're like, oh, look at him. He's, I don't know what they call him. He's fearful or something because his ears are back. And I'm like, that's not fearful. That's focused. You know, but his ears aren't up and he has up ears. They're, they're back. And so well, he's listening to me. He's listening for his surroundings. Like, it's okay. Well, we want the dogs to look like they're enjoying it. So Gypsy does better and Roma does better that way because you got the happy, prancy puppy, you know, who's like, dur, 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 um, versus the serious Malinois. You know, that is one of the big reasons why I didn't get another Malinois is because they do get, you know, super serious about it. 
And it's not a breed I can recommend people can get. You know, I, I tell everybody, don't get a Malinois. Actually, I have a friend who, who now has two of them, but she's also a professional dog trainer, and she's been doing professional dog training for years. So, you know, she, her, she's doing great. She already has things lined up for them and, you know, competing stuff and everything. Oh, no, sorry, that's fine. Breaking it up works because it gives me a chance to chunk it up. Um, Michelle says her chihuahua is an in-home service dog. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, even as Arrow retires a little bit more, he still helps out in home, you know. Um, and he still curls up into my lap, you know, so I make sure that he gets, like, his special time. He's actually up on the bed right now, snoozing while I'm doing this. And the girls are behind me. The border collies are lying down. You know, I've got all five of them in here. But you wouldn't know I have five dogs in here, hopefully. Oh, actually, Gypsy's underneath my table. Um, there's nothing wrong with giving your dog a purpose. Not at all, Amber. No, I love it whenever dogs have a purpose. I think they need that to be happy. And their purpose can be, like Zoe's right now, her purpose is to hunt bugs outside. Ruse is to help herd the cows and the goats and the chickens when he wants to, apparently. Um, you know, Arrow, you know, he still helps. Um, he, uh, he gets to play, you know. They all help out with the boot camp dogs that we get in. They all help out with the private dogs that we have come in, which is really nice. Nicole loves her Malinois. I love him. Like, he is great. He's so fantastic. Like, he'll do anything we ask, which is fan just unbelievable. But, um, you know, it's just like I, I just can't tell, like, normal people. Because what would happen, Nicole, is, for example, I remember we are waiting at one of the bus stops at one of the hotels at Disney. And this mom's pushing the stroller with this little baby in it. And they see, and you know, as we start talking, you know, what type of breed is he? Well, he's a, a Belgian Shepherd Malinois is what I usually call him because if I call him a Belgian Shepherd, people don't know what that is. Or if I call him a Malinois, they don't know what that is. If I use a Belgian Shepherd Malinois, then they're like, oh, like a German Shepherd. I'm like, yep, just like a German Shepherd, but from Belgium. Um, they, they see him and she's like, that's so, he's so calm. Look how good he is. He's so attentive. He's so good. We need to get one for like him to grow up with our baby. And I'm like, no, get a golden. And I'm like, I tell everybody to get a golden and I have a Malinois. So I'm like, I'm getting a golden. And then, you know, again, start of our breeding program. So it works out well. Um, but they are, they're super fun. Um, here Cassie says, poodles are such a fun breed. Aroma is one of my favorites. She is really, she, we've had a lot of poodles come through because I was trying to find something today. So I was searching. We've had a lot of poodles come through. Um, we've had a lot of doodles come through. But I never owned a poodle. Um, my grandparents had a little mini one or toy one. I don't know what size it was, but a little tiny Gigi. Um, and she, she's my grandparents' dog. She was old and crotchety, you know. Um, but I, and she was a little one. But I really am enjoying Roma. Like, she loves to cuddle and snuggle. Um, she has personality. Like, she'll go outside and she'll just lap the house a few times just to run off the steam. And I'm like, that's the cutest thing ever. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, she's quickly turning into one of my favorites and I wasn't sure if I wanted a red one. So I'm really glad I got a red one and, um, she's growing too. I was looking at pictures from when we first got her and she's grown in the last three weeks. So hopefully she'll keep it up. Um, Amber says, whether mine is a service dog or not, he's not going to be dragging me down the street begging me for food or barking like a madman. Right. So Amber, you know how many times I get people who say, my dog's just so spoiled. I'm like, my dogs all go to Disney and they have their own Mickey ears. Like, you want to talk about spoiled? Eric goes with me every vacation. He flies with me. He, you know, he sleeps in bed with us. He's spoiled, but it doesn't have to be a, 
he's naughty spoiled. Like, no, like he's earned all this stuff because of his behavior. So yeah, I totally agree with you, Amber. Um, Ellen says in a similar vein, when do you transition your service dog into retirement? That's a good question. So with Arrow, he was, he's six now. So he was five last year. And I told Rich, you know, it takes two years to fully train up. And again, with wanting to have a breeding program, I know that Gypsy's not going to work for me full time because she's going to have to take the time off to have the puppies whenever the puppies are due. Um, so I need to have a secondary dog. Plus he had gotten injured and it freaked me out because I was without a service dog for a couple of weeks. So I had to use Rue and Rue didn't really want to do it. I told him too bad he had to do it anyway. Um, you know, so I kind of wanted to have a secondary that I can train up as a backup service dog for for uh, for Arrow there. So we, well, and we have the property. I mean, Alan, you've been here, you know, we have the property, we have the house, we can set up, we, we've got the knowledge, we've got the the space and all that we could set up and have, have puppies if we wanted to do puppies. So we started looking and we got the breeder and, and everything. So that's why we got Gypsy whenever Arrow was five. So then whenever she's two, and able to be bred, he's still going to be seven and we could still work with him. Um, because, you know, seven years old, like he's still workable at that age. Um, but I'm not asking him to work for me constantly because he is kind of an intense dog. And, you know, the, the um, candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long. So I don't know how long he'll be until he's phasing into retirement. And then with Gypsy not getting the height that we were hoping for, well, that wasn't an issue until recently. Like maybe what these last six months, my knee's been getting worse. Um, and now it's both knees because the Gypsy and Arrow ran into me and now both knees are bad. Um, I didn't really need a mobility dog as bad. Now I do. So that's why we got Roma. Um, so when do you phase them into retirement? It depends. Um, you know, I know uh, Rosie just hit a year. So I would, I'd give her a few years, but you know, if, if you get that right dog coming across, you know, falling into your lap, you know, it might be worth it to have a backup service dog. It's really nice to have a backup one just in case. And it's really nice. We went to go see what we see Incredibles 2 the other day on Saturday. And I'm like, I could bring Arrow, I could bring Roma, or I could bring Gypsy. Well, Roma goes with me to the stores and stuff around here. And I don't think she's ready for sitting in the movie theater for two hours. Um, Arrow, you know, he still has his incision and he's fine. You know, I take him out occasionally. Um, so it was Gypsy because I haven't taken her anywhere in a while and she's been a good girl. So she got to go with me. So I'd rather have that than like, I can't take Arrow and, and think about it too. Gypsy had her hot spots and was in heat. So I couldn't take her anywhere. Arrow was just neutered and had an incision and I didn't want him lying down on gross things. So I couldn't take him anywhere. So I was stuck with just Roma. So out of the three, you know, I think it's going to work out good for us. Um, but usually whenever they're starting to hit, saying your lifespan on your dog's 10 to 12 years, you know, I'd start looking maybe around six years old. Start looking. Why? Because it's going to take a while to look to find and then to train up. It's going to take two years to fully train up. Um, and you don't want to be caught without, you know, whenever you're caught without a service dog and you panic about that, then you're going to make sure that you have that secondary dog you know, and again, we've got to do that timeline. You know, I talked about that on the podcast last week. Uh, we need to have that timeline up ahead so we know. So I know it too. Um, we're going to get Gypsy's health testing done and potentially breed her. I know it too for Roma, same thing, potential health testing done and breed her. If they're both out of commission at the same time, 
era is going to be it. If one of them's out of commission, I can work the other one. You know, I don't want to be stuck at the house during that time, you know, because I can't go anywhere without a service dog. Um, Nicole says, I didn't go out and look for her Malinois. He found in my lap. People think he's a German shepherd all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your story is fantastic with him. And I, I'm so happy that you got him. And everyone thinks that Era is a German shepherd greyhound mix. I'm like, no, he's a Malinois. Amber says, uh, people say they felt sorry for my dog making him work. Oh my gosh, Amber, all the time. Yeah, I feel so sorry for him. He never gets to be a dog. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we play with him constantly. You know, no, you can't give him any love. You can't show affection to a service dog. I'm like, no, you can't show affection to a service dog. So I don't know who you are, you weirdo. I can't. He's my dog. He's our family dog at home. Like, he's Rich's demo dog is why we got Arrow. You know, he turned into my service dog. He's the family dog. Like, we love on him all the time. Um, Michelle says, I thought about a poodle, but couldn't find one that was tall enough for my needs. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some places that breed um, what they call a royal standard poodle, which are really big and tall. Um, Roma's mama is 23 inches and her papa is 31 inches. Okay. So 23 to 31. We're hoping she falls in the higher end of that one. Um, but Era's 24 inches. So as long as she's taller than 24 inches, um, Gypsy, I think she's hitting around 21 to 22 inches right now. So she's just not tall enough. Era's barely tall enough. You know, when I'm done working here, sometimes I'm like, oh, I can feel it. So, um, you know, if, we're, if, if she can hit 26 inches to 28 inches, I will be ecstatic. Um, and I could have gone with a male poodle and really like known that he's going to, be a better height for me but we wanted the female just again breedable and then i figure i haven't told this to rich yet because you know we just got one but um with era being six right now my guess is in about two years or so um we'll get a male probably a male right now i would get a, a male standard poodle um so i could breed him to roma and keep him intact and he would be my full-time service dog you know and then i have the girls as backup but that's just kind of what we're playing around with, what I'm playing around with in my head. But like I said, you have to think ahead. You can't say, oh, I need a service dog. What am I going to do? You have to think, okay, if he's going to be retiring here, I need to have somebody who's workable whenever he goes into retirement. Um, Samantha, yes, Amber, my brother-in-law's girlfriend has a dog that's six years old and still isn't body training bags for food and doesn't does what she wants. It bothers the heck out of me. I don't care if she's a small bird or not teach you dog manners. Uh-huh. Um, and my husband had a dog that had no formal training and she had dinner at the table with them, sat at the table, was fed from the table. I came into the picture and that changed really freaking fast. I'm like, go lie down. And you better listen, type of mom. That's good. Um, Nicole says, I like training too, like I'm doing right now and having two that can work. Yes. Yeah, so I do a lot. Like, I'll take Roma into the um, the dog room, into the office, and I'll shut the door and I'll work her and Gypsy will wait outside. So when Gypsy's done, then then we do it together. You know, and like today I put a really cute, I think it's a really cute picture up of Roma and Gypsy together up on place. So, you know, sometimes Gypsy just has to go to place and down and she's good, you know, but I, I do a lot of work with them while I have them out in public as well. So I like that because then I make sure I go somewhere every day and I get out of the house. Amber, can I take pictures of your baby? Can I pet your kid? Right. Oh, people. Um, I mean, I know they could take pictures of, of me and my dog without my approval, without my permission. 
So I just, I tell him she's on Instagram and here's her, her handle, you know, tag her please. Um, and I actually want to get, you know how they have the leash um, covers. I want to get one when they're full grown for the front of their service dog vest that has their the little Instagram thing in, in their handle on it. So then, you know, they get a picture taken and it has it right there. That's why I use my dog's name too out in public. Um, yes, Victoria Preach, I can love them all I want, right? Um, Nicole says, Amber, how tall do you need? Amber, how tall a service dog do you need? Hi, Rich. Um, Kimberly says, Chance is super spoiled and absolutely loves training and working. Yes. Uh, how's he doing, Kimberly, with everything? I know we covered quite a bit the other day. Can you fill me up on my water, please? Yeah, sure. Thank you, dear. The, um, That's why I asked for a refill. <clears throat> the cows um, put themselves away. Totally. Did you lock them in? Well, they didn't totally. They're waiting. They're just hanging around outside the door right now. Uh -huh. Just kind of lying by the door. Going, We've let the cows out in the front to kind of eat the grass there because we have a bunch of people coming tomorrow, so they can't come out tomorrow. So they come out yesterday and today, and they love that. Um, Samantha says, my kids know at ages 10 and 4 that they can't mess with Jagger. Might as, well, might as well leave a bunch of surprises for the people that are walking around the front yard. No. Well, we don't walk around the front yard all that much. My kids know nice Jagger when he's in his vest, and they ask if they can pet him and love on him, so why can't adults figure it out? Right, Samantha? That just drives me crazy. And the whole, like, go ask. No, don't go ask. The answer is no. Why would you set your kid up for, for me telling him no so you don't have to tell him no? no tell your kid no. He needs it. And Nicole says Rio's right at 24 inches right now. And he's, what, seven months old, so he should get a little bigger if you're measuring right, hard to measure, and get him to stand still and straight up my own. We have a little tape measure. So I go up and I try to make sure I hit it over his, her, um, her, her shoulders whenever we're doing I think she's at 18 and a half right now at just about four months old. So if that's the case, she, I think that's 70% of her height, so she should be hitting about, I think, 25 to 26 inches whenever she's full grown. So that would be really nice. Nicole, uh, no, yeah, I want one too. He's doing good. He's getting the hang of pausing, tug of war, letting go. That's awesome, Kimberly. That's another thing. So um, she said about tug of war. I do tug of war with a lot of the service dogs too, um, especially when you get the drive of your dogs. They need that. And a lot of people would be like, I can't believe you're teaching them tug. Uh, he's a service dog. Yeah, so that's great. Um, Samantha, my oldest, will tell an approaching child that they can't pet the dog because he's working. Luke was always good at that. He'd stop. You can't pet him. He's working. Um, who needed the service dog? I think it was Samantha. Samantha, you needed a service dog, right? You're the one getting the German Shepherd? I'm trying to pull back here as I'm talking here. Um, I believe you did. Um, how tall do you need, Samantha? Gotta love the young kids when they do that, right? It's so funny. And he's so serious. He takes his job really seriously. But, you know, he also works dogs at Disney all the time. You know, him and I would go, what was it, a couple years ago? We'd go every month. We had service dog outings to Disney. Um, last year, because we live so close now, I don't do the big outings that we used to. Um, it was like a three-day, two-night type of thing. Now we just go for, you know, a couple hours, you know, in the evening. Um, yeah, I'm getting one next year. That's good. Um, Amber says Loki loves kids. That's awesome. Yeah, Arrow is fine with them. He, I mean, he doesn't love them because he's working and he's serious. And like, how dare you think that he should love things uh, whenever he's working? But um, I, I try to get the girls around him because I don't have any younglings. 
you know, Luke's 16 and over six foot tall. So I have to, uh, you know, find them wherever I can get them. So whenever we see the mom with the kids in the car, like, look at the dog, look at the dog. I'm like, well, we'll kind of walk by there and see how this goes. Um, you know, I will ask kids, you know, if they look like good kids, not heathens, I'll ask them, you know, do you want to help me train her? Can you come over here and, you know, pat on her a little bit and, you know, see how it goes. And, and it works. I don't do that all the time. I don't want to do that all the time. I don't want her to see kids and say, ah, but, you know, we go to Disney a lot and there's a lot of kids there. Amber says, we don't have kids. Wasn't trained with kids. He loves them. I know the breed is particular to loving children. By the way, Victoria, our female prospect, comes home in August. That's so exciting, Amber. Uh, Robin's here. Robin's my sister. Hi, Robin. Kimberly says, what do you say to people who stand back and make cute no noises at the dog and say, I'm not patting up? Kimberly, we had somebody at Disney who was like, I'm giving them air pats. And I'm like, you are not. So one of the things that we'll work on, you know, as we work together, Kimberly, is getting a chance to ignore all that stuff. And they can. So, you know, I want it to be where people are like, Kimmy, Roma, Kimmy, Roma. And Roma's like, Psst. I'm paying attention to mom. That is my goal. That's my goal for every single service dog. And so we will work that. Again, you know, it's something we, we build on and we work towards, which is why this initial focus stuff and like the things like the focus spin, you know, the, I'm going to step on your tail game. Um, why that's important is because, you know, we'll get to where he's doing that. And, you know, you come up and you, well, I'll come up and sneak pats, you know, lightly step on his tail, call him by name. And you're going to use that good, good, or good, 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 good. And then, uh-uh if he does look away um, because yeah, people, you can't stop them. You can't say, don't make kissy noises at my dog. Cause that's going to make them do it more because people are weird that way. Um, scrolling up here to see what's going on. Michelle says Oliver loves kids. That's awesome. Um, so um, Amber says, I tell them that unfortunately any distractions against the law, they're still not going to stop. You know, I mean, you're going to get the dorks who are like, they're going to follow you around then and make it uncomfortable. And while you can't distract, you know, um, I don't think that's been put to the test yet, you know, for, for what you can and can't do. And so we train to a level where, you know, they can run down with a bunch of food and treats and toys and people calling to them and knowing their name and making kissy sounds. And they're going to totally ignore that because they're laser focused on me. So that's my, my goal, my, um, for every single dog, my goal, my aim is to get that laser focus. So it doesn't matter what they're doing. The dog doesn't care. You know, I've had people when we were up in Gainesville who, uh, we were walking dogs and they see the dogs from a block away and they start puppy, 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 sit, 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 sit. He's not sitting. I said, why should he sit for you? You know, we're his trainer. He's going to listen to us. He's not going to listen to you. Some weirdo on the street telling him to sit. And that's kind of, that's what I want to have happen with every dog. Um, Samantha says, Jagger loves kids too. It's a good thing because I've had random kids hug him around the neck and they come out of nowhere too, right? Like, I don't know why these parents let this happen. It's the weirdest thing. Um, you know, like, go, go touch that strange dog with all those teeth. The one who looks like a police dog. Like, I don't get it when they do it with Arrow. Like, my gosh, I'd follow Gypsy around just hugging her. Like, I do that all day long. And then I make her have a smushy face. Smushy face. Um, Samantha says, Kimberly, my husband will make noises back at them. 
but we don't do noises and even use a different not normal whistle for him. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I'll do that. Um, you know, the, you know, or I'll be like, hey, little kid, 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 kid. You know, if they have a kid, because it's weird. And whenever you do it like that, they're like, oh, what? But people are kind of self-centered. Um, Amber says, yes, preach Victoria. Loki will not let anyone touch him in vest. Um, I trained him to step away to, to it. Yeah. And he looks at me for the command. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you do diabetic alert? Yes, we do train diabetic alert. Um, and then for Amber, she says her dog is a blood sugar alert, um, reactive, hyper, and hypo. Um, what is your view on training another language? Loki's trained in Spanish. I don't like it. <laughs> um, okay, and, and bluntly honest here because that's how how we are. It's a little, um, oh, what's the word for it? I just had it on the top of my tongue. My dog's too good for English. Um, when push comes to shove, okay, my dog is tearing towards the road. What am I going to think of? It's going to be come or here, right? It's always for me going to be English first. And now I have, I was training all three. I was training Era, my Browns today, Era, Gypsy, and Roma. I was training all three of them at the same time today. They're all trained in English. You know, I know some people train like this dog's in Spanish, this dog's in Belgian, this one's French, this one's German. I'm not going to remember any of that stuff. Um, even Rich and I have both done high school German. Luke's done high school German. You know, Rich and I have both been in Germany, and I know how to say the German commands. A lot of times they're very similar to the English commands, like here and here, sits and sit. Really? You need to put that on the end? Um, pretentious, that's the word. It can be a little pretentious. Um, I want it to be something that you're going to remember. And because I train the dog to only respond to you, no, this doesn't happen in the pet stuff because it, it takes too long, you know, for the pet stuff. But um, for the service dogs, we do where I only want them to respond to the owners or to me, like to me and Rich, because we have to give them commands and stuff. But if a weirdo comes up to them and says like, sir, you know, I want the dog to be like, no. Um, so I don't, I don't. And then whenever they come in, here's the other part too that's weird is when they come in, I'm not fluent in Spanish unless it's Mexican restaurant Spanish. Um, and it's never going to be the top of my tongue to say it. I mean, even we've had um, dogs come in who know German, here they're trained in German, and uh, and they write out phonetically how to say the stuff. And we still need to have that cheat sheet. So as you're walking, it's going to be, um, you know, Farfigdegan means set, right? So you get them to sit. And then um, Dweebledorf means let's go. And then kokong means, play. you know, like it, it just, it puts that on natural pause in training all the time. And personally, I don't like it. So whenever the dogs are with me, a lot of times they learn English just because I forget that they're the German ones or this, you know, the French ones or the Belgian ones or whatever. Um, and then I get them so responsive to the leash anyway that, you know, that happens a lot. Um, Samantha asks, have... Has anyone had a random person approach you and your service dog and literally just stare at the dog? Uh, Jagger and I literally look at each other like, what is this weirdo's problem? All the time, Samantha. And the people stand back and they give you the big eyes and they look like this and they stare at the dog. And in their mind, they're thinking, look how good I am. I'm not going up to them. I'm not asking them if I can pet the dog. Like, I am being so good. And so sometimes I'll stare back at them. 
Um, other times I'll move my dog or other times I'll just leave because it's not worth it to get into it with these people because they're weird. Um, yeah, Amber says, yeah, I'll ask if uh, there's a problem. And Kimberly says, I like the idea of making the same noises back at them. Um, Kristen asks, how old should your dog be to start training? That is, uh, Kristen, that is a fantastic question. So um, how old to start training? I start them at eight weeks old. I start them as young as possible. Now, that does not mean that your dog is going to be out with you all day and doing beautifully at eight weeks old. That means that he starts the public stuff possibly, but it's less than five minutes out. Um, that means that you're working on the behaviors at home that your dog's going to need. Um, that means that you're starting the socialization and habituation. Um, that means that his whole life or her whole life is set up to be a service dog. You're not saying be a lazy dog who, you know, pulls and barks at everything and jumps all over me and, you know, has no boundaries. Now it's time to be a service dog. That means that you're saying from the get-go that, you know, this is what your life is going to be like. Welcome to it. So that's how our program is based is we start them as young as possible. And if that's eight weeks old, that's eight weeks old. Gypsy started at eight weeks. Roma started at three months because that's when we got Roma was three months. Arrow was about six or seven months old when we got him, seven, eight months old. But it took about six months before I was like, you know, he'd be a good service dog, you know, maybe a year. But he had passed all his his um, CGCs and stuff. He passed the CGC like within three weeks. Um, Susan says, I remember Tyler Muto trains in another language. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amber says, my husband speaks Italian, so that's how we started and we switched to Spanish. Dude, that's awesome. My husband speaks English. <laughs> Um, maybe because we have two languages at home, it's easier for me to train and work in Spanish. I mean, yeah, if, if it's easier for you to do it, you know, what gets me is the people who are like, you know, um, sats, it's German for sits. No, sits is German for sits. Like, I know my German. Plots, you know, plots is down. Foos is heel. You know, so they're like, foos. Right now. Um, and Susan says to stare back and Kristen says, perfect. He's nine weeks. So yeah. So at nine weeks old, um, what I do with the puppies at nine weeks old is we start with, of course we did the socialization outings are less than five minutes. Um, they get plenty of potty times. We might go inside, work them in the lobby. Just a couple look at me as a couple sits. Um, we're working on focus work, working on sit, working on touch, um, and look at me. And we're exposing him to different things. So I don't do dog-friendly locations like PetSmart, Petco, um, heavy dog populations, dog parks. Mm -mm. Um, we'll do not dog-friendly. Well, dog-friendly but smaller areas. So, you know, that's how our program's set up, Kristen. So that's awesome. If you want to send me a picture of your puppers, I'd love to see them. What type is he or her? Um, Michelle says, I get the parents that have screaming kids that point out my dog and use my dog to calm them down. I'm not here for your entertainment all the time. Kids screaming, shh, shh, look at that dog, look at that dog. Or like, that dog's going to eat you if you don't shut up. I'm like, darn right he's going to eat you if you don't shut up. <laughs> I'm too scared of Parvon. I want to introduce my pup probably after five months. There's a lot you can still do, Amber. Um, you know, if that's the case too, you might want to look into getting a um, one of those little strollers for the puppies. So you can put him in. Um, Gypsy, I carried around for the first like two weeks because she was small enough that I could carry him around, carry her around. 
Um, but she was up to date on the, the shots for Parvo, and we didn't have an outbreak in our area, so I was fine taking her. Like Gainesville has outbreaks. I know um, the St. Pete Clearwater area was having an outbreak because we have a dog who couldn't start until they were, you know, four to five months old. Marvel because of all the outbreaks going on. She didn't want to take them off of her property um, until then. Um, you know, because it, it is very real. Uh, you have two things, and we were actually talking about this on one of the um, dog training Facebook groups, is what do you do for socialization for your puppies? Now, I've got my ranch, so I'm good to go. But uh, what we do is you have to weigh the pros and cons yourself. Um, first four to 14 weeks is prime socialization window from the AVSBA or whatever, American Vet Society, says that, four to 14 weeks. And yes, they are not fully vaccinated at that time, but it is better to socialize them because there's more issues with improper and under socialization than there are with um, medical vaccine stuff, you know, like getting parvo you know, there's not as many dogs who get parva versus as many dogs who are under socialized and have issues, if that makes sense. Um, but like I said, you, you need to, you do need to decide for yourself. Um, you know, I, I like the farmer's market down here in the villages. Yeah, there's some dogs there, but it's not bad. Um, I'll do the farmer's market just down here or the, the area it's at Brownwood, you know, so we'll just sometimes come down here and, uh, and work the dogs there. Um, you know, I'm not going to go to PetSmart not going to go to PetSmart. Maybe go to Lowe's or Home Depot, you know, and like I said, Carrie. Um, let's see. Samantha says, my husband can speak Spanish. That's how he got a third date because he ordered my food in Spanish and it came the way I like it. That's awesome. And you're from Texas, so you probably get really good Mexican food over there. Um, Kristen says, he lab and his name is Finn. That's awesome. Um, what's, what type of lab? I'm going to ask you, I keep asking you questions, Kristen. Um, chocolate, vanilla, or What's the other one? Her black. Chocolate ear. <laughs> Dark chocolate. <laughs> um, Amber says, I don't mind carrying. I just don't want her on the floor yet. No, no, I agree with you there. Yeah, so Gypsy, I carried around quite a bit. I actually, for Rome, I said to Rich, I think we need to get a stroller. And he looked at me and he's like, we are not getting a stroller for the dogs. So, um, you know, you could wipe off. I know people who wipe their paws off afterwards or who wear the little booties on them. So, you know, you could take those and put them in the washer or whatever. And I don't do that. Um, because I'm lazy. Um, Samantha says, yeah, Parvo's in the ground here. Yeah. Um, Michelle says, Roddy's are prone for Parvo, so I was careful. That's good. Yeah. Um, Amber says, oh my God, am I the only one with a husband that does everything you want to do with your service dog? <laughs> um, Michelle says, we sat in front of Walmart. Yeah, yeah, sitting in front of Walmart's good. Um, Samantha says, yeah, we live on the Texas-Mexican border, so it's real Mexican food. I am so jealous. So Rich and I, like, our first date was at a Mexican restaurant up in Gaines, up in, uh, not Gainesville, up in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, is where we met. And so we, um, we'd go out. There was a, a wonderful Mexican restaurant called Jalisco's, and we'd go there all the time. Like, that was our usual date night thing, and we had, like, our usual that we would get. And so whenever he proposed to me, that's, we were there, and then there was a park beside it with a big gazebo and everything, and that's where he actually proposed. Um, but yeah, yeah. So Mexicans all, and then Luke, whenever he was little, we take him out to Mexican, you know, I like to go places I can't cook well. I can't cook Mexican good. I can cook Italian good. I cook Italian better than the Italian restaurants cook Italian. So I usually don't, I'm not happy when I go out to Italian. Um, but Mexican, I can't cook good. So we like to go out to Mexican, but Luke, like his first meal was like chips and salsa out at a Mexican restaurant. Um, 
So Chris and the retrievers, yellow, that's awesome. Oh, I like, yeah. I mean, any lab's a good lab, but you know, I like yellow labs for service dog work. Um, Lindsay asks, do you ever use ear or eye protection for the dogs, like Mutt Muffs or Rex Specs? Um, I have this any time, right, Samantha? You asked. I'll probably do that if I ever get over there. I'd love to. Um, Lindsay, I do not. I have not yet. Um, my dogs wear booties. We have cooling vests. Um, I know, like, the ear protection is supposed to be good and the eye protection is supposed to be good. Honestly, I have not done it yet. Um, because it's it's a pain to get the dog like into the booties and into the cooling vest and dealing with everything else and dealing with all the comments that I have not gone the extra step of also having ear protection and eye protection on them. Um, I don't put my dogs in situations where they're going to need it. So like when we're at Disney and the fireworks are going off, I teach my dog to ignore it and to focus on me. I actually took Gypsy to Disney when she was five months old just to work specifically with the fireworks at night. It was over at studios at a laser and fireworks show. She totally ignored it and she was laser focused on me the entire time, which was fantastic. Like I was so proud of her. Now, if they're wearing the goggles, is it because they're out doing something in like the wind? Like I don't like, we're not terribly windy here. Um, you know, maybe at the beach they don't get something in their eye, but like I know when I wear goggles, it's a pain. I don't like wearing goggles. I like sunglasses better. Um, the ear things, like I don't do concerts much. If I do something loud, I'm going to sit where I can listen to it and enjoy it because I've learned in my old age that you don't want to ruin your hearing. So I'm not going to put my dog up front and center. If I'm going to go to a place, I don't do bars. I don't do concerts. If I am going to go to a concert and I am going to bring my service dog, I am not going to sit by a speaker. But actually, do you guys have you guys ever heard of Harry Chapin? Harry Chapin is, he died many, many, many years ago. Um, but he's the one who did the, the Cats in the Cradle. You know, cats in the cradle. Um, I had a son and I didn't pay any attention to him. And he grew up and then he didn't have time for me either. You know, um, that song, that's Harry. And he, there's two big concerts. There's one in California and there's one up in Nova Scotia. And my mom and I are big Harry, po Harry Chapin fans. Harry Potter fans. Harry Chapin fans. So we want to go there at some point, and I will take a service dog with me for that. But it's also like a, um, a folk type thing, so I don't think it's going to be like rock and jamming. So I do not have experience. All that's to say, Lindsay, I do not have experience using the ear or the eye protection for the dogs, and I do not have them personally for my dogs. Um, Samantha says, come visit anytime. Yep. Um, Susan says, how do you handle the other dogs while out the fakes that run up, bark aggressively, etc.? Susan, that is a great question. So when we're out, if the dogs start coming up, no. I do that with my hand. I do this stop in the name of love. Um, I will put my dog behind me if need be. And we prep this ahead of time so my dog knows what's happening. We prep everything that we can ahead of time. Um, you know, if they start, can I? No. Stay back. And I get my, my pissy voice. <laughs> you know, I, I call it my mom voice. But I'm nice when I'm a mom. Um, you know, just because I, I'm not, this isn't the time for greets, meet, meetups and greeting and everything else. The people that I meet up with out in public, um, I don't do, I don't usually do like, hey, let's get together and go to Disney with everybody in the world. I will go to Disney and meet up with client dogs that I know, people that I've worked with type of thing. But I'm not going to just meet up with, you know, like five random strangers and their service dogs because I don't trust anybody. Um, having said that, you know, if, if we've been friends online and everything else, it might be a different story. Um, 
so yeah, I, I usually just stop them. And then I do a lot of training with just barky dogs and jerky dogs anyway, that whenever you see this, this is what I want you to do. And so it's not even an issue. And we were in Gainesville, actually. The area behind us, they had um, a fenced yard and there was a dog who would just bark and run the fence line constantly. So when we were working the service dogs, we or the dogs in, the boot camp dogs in, um, we'd go up and down <laughs> and, and we'd stand there and we just, we'd work in front of that with the barky dogs constantly because it was such a good distraction for the dogs that we had in. It was fantastic. And uh, I'm sure the neighbors are like, why is that dog still barking? And it's because we were still working them. Um, so I can't control, and here's the big thing, I guess, guys, I can't control other people. I can't control their dogs. I can't control their kids. I can't control the environment. What can I control to a degree is my dog and the situations I put my dog in. So I, if my dog's in a situation, he's going to know that I'm there to protect him. He's going to know that he does not have to worry about those other dogs or those people touching him. If they call him, he totally ignores them because it is not up to him. He, they don't have anything to do with them. Um, but it is a pain to deal with them, Susan. It's funny. We were walking in Disney and, uh, rah, 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 and we're looking around because we had three big sized dogs with us. And we're like, where is that coming from? It was this little puffball thing at the end of a flexi lead barking, you know, jumping up and down. And we just all kind of looked at each other and we're like, yeah, uh-huh, and continued on. Um, Amber says, you need to have my Italian, my husband, straight from the Sicilian boat where his dad is here. When his dad is here for two months, come please eat my food. You're sick of it. Amber, you did not have to tell me twice. Um, I definitely want to. So my mom's Italian and Polish. Her mom was Italian. So she got good Italian. But whenever I knew grandma, she was um, really sick. Um, she had Parkinson's and um, and she wasn't doing good. So like, I never got the, you know, fun Italian grandma that you cook in the kitchen with. Um, but she also never wore black all the time because she wasn't a widow. She died before her husband died. So my pap was Polish. She was Italian. And uh, so I've got some good recipes, but um, I have never been to Italy either. And that's kind of on one of my bucket list things. But I don't speak Italian. So I'm kind of like, I want to go places where I speak the language too. Um, Terry says, cats in the cradle. Yep. Um, Terry says, I have no problem speaking up for my dog, and some people cannot. That's it exactly. Some people can't. Some people don't know that they should or how to. So just, I want you guys, promise me this. Promise me. Put your hand on your computer, right, or on your phone, and promise me. Practice it. Just practice it. Practice it right now. Okay, can I pet your dog? And I want you to say, no, he's in training, or she's in training. Okay, we're going to do that. You're going to say, no. He or she's in training. Can I pet your dog? No. He or she's in training. That wasn't that hard now, was it? And it's so intimidating, especially for, for women. It is because we're supposed to please people and say yes and be nice. But this is your service dog. This is your medical equipment. This is something that has been a lot of training, a lot of money, and a lot of time. And you cannot let everybody in the world pet your service dog. I don't let anybody, like I said, I let kids greet them occasionally. Um, but really until they're seven, eight months old, I don't permit greetings because I don't want my dog to see uh, people or dogs and say like, oh, I get to go say hello. I don't want that. Um, so, you know, I have no problem saying no. And it's funny because we do it with our pet dogs and we do it with our service dog people. We, we practice this. Can I pet your dog? No. It is so liberating to say no. I want you all to do that. Um, and if you're like, 
I can't say anything. I'm supposed to be nice. I'm supposed to please people. I'm supposed to make things good. You need to make things good for your dog first. And if you can't stand up, stand up for your dog. You need to. So Terry, thank you. Yeah, that's good. Some people cannot. Yeah. And uh, you can even do up um, business cards. Say, you know, I'm a service dog. Stop. Do that stop sign. Um, Amber was saying about that last week that that's a really good one. When she added that patch, she said she got like half as many people actually approaching her, which is fantastic. Um, so she just she's put a second stop sign on her, her thing and it'll all be good. And all of them will stop. <laughs> um, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Uh, Samantha says, we had an aggressive lab come after Jagger at Disney. My six foot two husband became my hero and handled it. My dog did his job and took my panicked self away from the situation and ignored the other dog. My hubby was ready to grab the other dog and he said he was going to protect my service dog. That is fantastic, Samantha. Yeah, yeah, you need to, you need to. Luke was always good at that. You know, we'd be standing in the line. Little kids would come over and they'd start petting the dog through it. And Luke would be like, no, do not do that. He loves doing it. So I, I used to joke that I'll rent Luke out and he'll go with you and he'll stop people from petting your service dog. <laughs> um, Amber says, my husband says I'm too aggressive with people. Maybe we should take classes ourselves. They don't prepare you for that when they're training. People never think about it. They want a service dog and they feel they need one, but I always ask, how can they handle the public? Well, what do you mean? Well, can you handle people coming up to you, people harassing you, calling the police on you? That's, it's absolutely true, Amber. You need to, you need to know. And if you practice... Before you get to it, it's like, why do you practice having your dog sit and having your dog down and having your dog go underneath your chair at home all that time is so you're ready for it whenever you're out in public and it's time for that to happen. But you never practice, you know, what are you going to do in this situation? Then it happens and you panic. So if people want to say no, you know, like, no, I don't want that service dog to come in here. Um, it depends on where it is. I'm going to try to videotape it. You know, get my, my phone out and record it. Y'all have cameras on your phones. You know, use them. Use them for stuff like that so you have proof that it happened. And then um, do that. Tell them what the statutes are. Tell them that they're in violation of the statutes. Call the police on them. Make a police, Have the police make a report saying that they're in violation of the statutes. Um, you know, and then if you decide you want to do that now at restaurants and stuff, if they say no, I'm not going in there because I do not want them spitting in my food. Um, but I'm going to raise stink about it. That's all you need to record the stuff first. You need to get the police saying about it. Um, people harassing you, people are always, and this is part, so I'm 6'2". I've been this height since I was 14, and I've always had wankers who were jerks about it and, you know, picked on me because I was a giant in middle school. What are you going to do about it? So I'm used to ignoring people or telling them off. <laughs> Sarah says, amen to that. Susan says, that's a good idea with the fence dog. It just scares me. All the picture that people that take non-friendly dogs out and approach. Yeah. And I mean, Susan, you know more than other people how much that happens. Um, you know, and we don't want bad things to happen. So that's one of the nice things about not being in Gainesville anymore is you don't have all the nutter dogs. But even then, like, I don't do the dog-friendly areas, you know. Um, now here... Uh, the villages is very dog friendly. So when we go to the farmer's market, right? A lot of people have their little dogs. What do they have? The villages is a bunch of retired people. So it's a bunch of poodles, doodles, goldens, little puffballs on leashes, big puffballs on leashes. You know, it's usually not like the dogs can be pulling and barking, but they're usually not like kill me aggressive, which is nice. 
Um, and they're always like, hey, do you want to say hi? I'll go say hi. And they go and they say hi. And then they'll send me like, do you want to say hi? I'm like, nope, we're working. Or nope, we're training. Um, the CGC requires a proper greeting. It does, Amber. And so what we do, again, is we prep for it. And all the proper greeting is, is my dog sits and ignores your dog. That's it. They don't have to touch noses. They don't have to say hi. It's actually best if they don't. So when we do that, because Rich and I are both evaluators, so I'll take my dog, he'll take his dog, we'll approach, right? The dogs will be on the outsides. So it's dog, me, dog, him, or him, dog. So the people and the dogs are on the outside. Uh, whoever gets there first, you know, whenever you get there and stop, you have your dog sit. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Well, that's very nice to know. Goodbye. And we continue on our way. So I don't want the dogs to be like, hi, I want to go say hi to you. I want the dogs to be like, whatever. And doing the service dogs is much better than, you know, doing the, hey, I, I want to CGC test my dog. He is great. And he's not. Uh, you know, I mean, some of them would be, but so many of them were like, no, your dog doesn't pass. Um, Susan, back off, back out. Yeah. Terry says, I didn't get to the be nice lesson I take after my dad. I'm assertive. Uh, many take it as rude or aggressive, and I don't care. Exactly. Michelle, I stopped being nice a long time ago. If you don't like it, that's your problem, not mine. And Michelle said the stop sign didn't work for her. And Michelle, you have a Roddy, too. Really, people come up to you with a Rottweiler. That really surprises me. Not, not that I say you're lying. I'm just like, you would imagine that people wouldn't come up to you with a Roddy. Um, Lindsay says, our stop sign never works, but we've had success with a large stay back. Oh, that's good. Susan says, the phone's a good idea. Um, two things heard of too many service dogs bit or handlers hurt by non-service dogs. Or, Susan, I mean, there's the poorly trained service dogs, too. You know, the ones who need to be washed out, the ones who are jerk faces who have no business being out in public and who need to be washed out yeah yeah and then you know the the fakers as well so yeah there's there's a bunch of weirdos out there samantha says most of the people that want to pet jagger are people who have german shepherds but thankfully most people are scared because his face is darker and he has a police dog but some people do ask and it's hard for me to stand up for myself but i don't like people touching my kids or my dog exactly now what if they come up and they're like samantha can i touch your kids i want to just go like this because he was a little cheek you'd be like no weirdo get back but i don't know what it is with having a dog out in public that people assume that they can come up and touch them and depending on what happens if we go nonprofit wise i would love to do public service announcements i would love to do adverts out there on how to actually treat and deal with the service dogs when you're out in public that you don't give them air pets you don't sit and stare at them you don't come up and do that you just ignore them you can say because i do this whenever i see a service dog i'm like look at there's a service dog over there right now when we were at the movies with gypsy to see the incredibles there was a, a service dog who came in with a tuck tail and looked scared of the world i'm like no we're not gonna say hi i don't want them coming up to me because a scared dog can bite just as much as any other dog can bite. And the fact that the dog's scared and she has him out means that he's already looking for something else to do. Now, that could just be his normal working look. I don't think so. Um, Samantha says, I'm trying to get better at telling them no before the conversation starts. Yep. So, Samantha, you need a resting bitch face. I have a resting bitch face, so a lot of times people leave me alone. Whereas if I look friendly, people want to come up and talk to me. So, you know, you can also, one thing that also helps is like to, if it's just you and like you're sitting, say, waiting for your husband or whatever, like pull out and pretend like you're playing on your phone and people might leave you alone too. They might, they might not, but 
Um, Amber says, all right, I'm out, Victoria. Thank you. PM me later on the business thing. Love the webinars. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that, Amber. Michelle says, it surprises me too. Yeah. Nicole says, the in-training patch works best to ward off people. Oh, Nicole, I didn't think of that. Yeah, mine have big, it says service dog in-training on, on the vest that I like. And actually, Gypsy's ready to move up to her big girl vest probably, but she's still in the service dog vest. But if you notice the picture from the movie, she was in her red service dog vest because that's what I had out in the car. Um, Michelle, I put blinders on and look straight ahead. Yeah, yeah. Don't see you. I don't know what's going on. Um, Samantha says, or Susan says, uh, can we can do the resting face? Good. Me not so much. <laughs> you guys are funny. Uh, so what else? What other questions do you guys have? So Roma, what are we doing with Roma this week? Started play, started down. Started down just by capturing it you know, kind of luring her and just waiting her out. I didn't get impatient and it took her a minute or so. And a minute is a long time when you're counting second by second, minute or two. And she downed and I clicked and treated. Now I had somebody call me up this morning and I'm talking to them. We were on the phone for about a half hour while I'm on the phone with her. I'm clicking and I'm treating every time Roma would down on her own. I clicked and I treated. I didn't even talk to Roma that whole time. I just clicked and treated. And it was fantastic because then Roma started getting really fast with her down. So when I'm off the phone, down, she slid up a little bit. And then she down. And then she was getting it. So that's how we're doing down with her because down for me is always, not always, but it can be a pain in the butt. Because what do you do? You get them to sit and you lure them into a down. So then it has to be sit down every single time. I don't want that. I want it to be down. And down means down. I don't care if you're standing. I don't care if you're sitting. I want you to down. So, um, so I found that the capturing it and then the, the making it faster, making her lay down longer. So sometimes I'd have her down right away, click treat. Sometimes I'd have her down for a few seconds, click treat. Sometimes have her down for like 15 seconds, click treat. But it was always just down. And it was great because we had a long training session in because I was on the phone for a half hour. And uh, I didn't have to stop her training in order to talk to a client, which was ideal. You know, and I told her, I said, if you hear the clicking, you know, I'm clicking, I'm working on down with her. So I love that. It was super fun. And then we're working on place as well. We started under. Um, she has her things that she likes. She likes the target stick. She likes the bump um, with the wobble. You know, she likes touch my hand. She really loves her touches. Um, she is a sticky a little bit right now with going from a, a sit to a stand. I have to keep using my hand, but all I have to do is put it out and she'll stand. But I'd like to just say the word stand and have her stand as well. Maybe she doesn't differentiate the word. I don't know. Maybe I should try a different word. Um, Samantha says, I find wearing my sunglasses inside stops people. <laughs> Most of them think I'm blind. Oh, I'm just trying not to talk to people. <laughs> that is awesome, Samantha. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so everyone, just wear your sunglasses inside. Um, Lindsay asked, do your dogs do other activities besides service dog work? Oh, Lindsay, that is a great question. So um, Zoe does, she did therapy dog stuff. She's like 13 or so right now. So she doesn't really do too much of anything except for chase bugs. Um, Arrow, we play with him a lot. Um, we've done tug work with him. Um, he loves it. You know, like anything to keep him busy. But he loves just playing fetch too. Like that's his favorite. Um, Zoe's done, like when we've done booths out, you know, she'll... She'll go and she'll she'll be the greeter. Um, Rue's done that. All my dogs have been the greeter when we do outings. Um, Rue actually is herding now. Um, the girls, it's just right now, it's just all service dog stuff. 
I think all my dogs, except for Roma, have trick dog titles because I like to do the trick dog titles with them. Um, I don't, I've, I've played around with rally, obedience, and agility. Um, we've done a little bit of dock diving. It's not really my cup of tea. You know, I'm busy helping other people with their dogs um, to, to really go and do that. I, I take tidbits from the different training things and work with them. But I don't, um, you know, I don't do it myself. Like, I know how to do rally. I've taught rally for years, um, but I've never competed in it. Um, on and off for years, not like solid for years. But uh, who knows? I don't know. Do you, what do you do, Lindsay? What do you do with your dogs? Um, Susan says, you still use the prong with the clicker. I've not used it, but I think Kimmy started. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll use both. So... Um, and two, whenever we're doing like, so Roma, actually I'm doing a lot of her stuff off leash cause I'm in the office. Like it's just me and her and the cat sometimes. Um, I, out in public, she has her prong collar on because we're out in public and I don't want her to pull at all. I want to protect her throat and the prong collar is the best for protecting her throat. I use a prong collar for down with Kiva. So I don't know how different or difficult it will be with Graham. Yeah, it, it all depends. So a lot of times, you know, I've used the prong for down. Um, with the puppies, so with Rama, not even four months old yet, I'm fine doing the food stuff to get them into the position. Now, if I was starting her out at a year or so, I don't know if I do the food stuff to get them started or not. It all depends on the dog. Like, I like it, but sometimes they've already had the foundation in it. So instead of, like, redoing that stuff, you know, we need to move on. Um, and, and we do. So, again, I, I do the different ways. Like, I'll do a prong collar. I'll do the down with the lowering. I'll do the leash pressure. I'll do just the sit on the leash and just wait him out and capture it. Um, I'll do lowering him underneath something to get him the down. Uh, we've had a few dogs come in for boot camp who I don't actually even teach down to because we're so busy working on everything else. Um, you know, just, just how things go. Um, downs, it, it takes a, a level of trust to get to down. And, uh, sometimes and it's, it's usually the, the aggressive ones that I don't get to that point or it's the little ones. I can't tell if they're down or if they're sitting. So as long as they have a good sit or a good down, you know, they don't need to have both technically, unless it's a service dog. Service dog should have both. So it's okay to vary. Oh, Susan, definitely. It's a sign of a good trainer that you can do it multiple ways. Because some people get caught up that it must be done with the prong collar. It must be done with the clicker. It must be done with lowering. It must be done with capturing. No, it must be done with the way that works out best for the dog. So definitely it's okay to vary. Very, very, very. Very, very much. I don't know. What else, guys? Because I'm about ready to sign off. Going on an hour and a half. <laughs> it's always good. But yeah, I want to talk about washing out. Um, working with a trainer is the best way to prevent washing out. Working with a competent trainer who has service dog experience, or me, is the ultimate best way to not have to wash out your dog and to make sure you do everything right from the get-go. Okay, so we do have our service dog training plan. Michelle, work with the dog in front of you. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, we do have our service dog training program. Now, we have a couple of things while you guys are still on before I, I pitch what we do, and it's free stuff, so you have to listen. Okay, I'll tell you about free stuff. Weekly webinars. These are our weekly webinars. We do weekly webinars. They're absolutely free. They're currently Tuesday nights. And we sit and we chat like this. I try to have something that I want to talk about, but then we get off on tangents and I find myself going down rabbit holes, which works out beautifully. And then what I do is I take these and I upload them onto YouTube. So we have our YouTube channel and I strip out the audio and I put the audio up in our podcast. 
So maybe you're listening to this on our podcast. Um, maybe you're listening to it on YouTube or maybe you're listening to it live on Tuesday nights. But our podcast is called How to Train Your Service Dog with Dream Dogs. So search that up, listen to them, subscribe to us. Um, and then we also have our How to Train Your Service Dog group on Facebook. So join that group as well um, where it says the stuff, just write in, you know, webinar or podcast. And, you know, I'll just, I'll put you right in there. Um, we, I put up a lot of free advice on there. We answer questions on there, not just me. I have other trainers on there. I have other people on there who have service dogs who answer questions a lot, um, which is fantastic. It's what I want. I want to have a community that we can help and we can support, which is the owner training service dog community. And we also have our programs. We have free courses up on free, free, F-R-E-E, free, up on that Facebook group, How to Train Your Service Dog. So make sure you check them out. It's under the units. And um, one's on focus. We have a couple others. I know one's on focus, though. And uh, go through those. It's absolutely free. We also have our online course. Our online course includes our entire service dog training program, our entire 60 Days to Your Dream Dog program, our entire um, perfect potty training system for puppies, and our entire essential oils and dog, holistic dog training video webinars. All of that, courses, everything, all of that is included in the online course. The online course is uh, $997 or $97 a month for 12 months. Our next level up is our personal coaching, where we get that entire, all those courses, all those online courses, plus you get personal coaching sessions with me. If you live locally, you come to me. If you live not locally, we do it via video session. Uh, we also do group classes, meetups at Disney, and field trips. How many? As many as you need. As many privates as I need, not like five privates or five months of privates. Exactly, as many as you need. And that's 3,000. And then the next one up includes our five-week intensive immersion boot camp here at the ranch where we work on exactly what your dog needs. From basic advanced to off-leash training, public access training, task training, you know, service dog skills, anything that your dog needs, we work on. Okay? And that is 6,000. So those are our three different levels of programs. Um, Lindsay and, and they're awesome. Like they're made for helping owner trainers. And we also have something that we can help with fundraising and we have a whole podcast on it. So check out our fundraising podcast. Um, Lindsay asks, how do you feel about training off leash in public? Lindsay, that is a great question. And it all depends on exactly how much off leash you're doing in public and why. So if you're going to drop the leash and go through the entire store off leash, I don't think that's appropriate. Service dog should be on leash unless he's doing a task that helps you. So if he's off leash just because you don't want to put a leash on him, no. And you need to have absolute control over your dog, which means you've been training for at least a year. Absolute control over your dog. So if I'm in a wheelchair and I need him to go up and push the button, that can, he could take, come off leash and go do that. And then I want him to come back here at my side and work with me again. Not go sniff something. The first time that you're training your dog off leash and your dog blows you off even for three seconds to go sniff something that leash was not ready to come off and that leash should not come off it doesn't give you an excuse to work your dog like that now pictures drop leash pictures yeah i do this all the time um having my dog in a sit say so i can come over here because there are like three carts over here blocking the entire thing and i just need to reach in here and grab something or wait for five minutes because they're all talking and I need to get something over here. I'll put my dog on a down stay or a sit stay and I'll walk over and grab it, but I don't want my dog, you know, run over by the cards. So I'll do that. Um, but, you know, I don't just like pop it off and like we won't go through the whole store off leash. Uh-huh. 
So let me know what you guys think. Join the Facebook group, How to Train Your Service Dog. Webinar next week, same bat time, same bat channel, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, podcast, How to Train Your Service Dog. We have free books up on Amazon. Look up my name, Victoria Warfel. Um, let me know what you guys want to talk about next week. Um, and I'll try to come up with some ideas as well. But I like to talk about what you guys want to talk about, if there's anything pressing going on. So I will see you guys later. I hope you have a fantastic week. Bye.